We are celebrating a year of abundance. In New Thought, we speak what we want to have, what we see for ourselves, like in our vision. Has the whole world awakened to the one love that they are? Well, not quite yet, but we see that. We affirm it to be so because we know it is already so in the mind of God, and so we await its outpicturing, and we do what, whatever we can to help in that, to see each other as that, to lift ourselves into that. And so in this year of abundance that we are claiming, we talked about an abundance of joy, an abundance of love. And in March, we've talked about an abundance of prosperity in other ways, stuff, relationships, money, not so much money, but what money buys. And that's all okay. I grew up with a lot of shame around money. My, it was like, oh, if you're, if you're rich, you, can't, you won't get into heaven because you know, a camel can't fit through the eye of a needle, so you can't get into heaven. Um, there is a, a scripture that says it's easier for a rich man, to, or it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. I'm explaining that because I saw some blank looks. And that's what I was brought up believing, literally. And we'll go into that another time. But, you know, the eye of the needle was actually a fairly narrow gate into Jerusalem <laughs> that was meant for foot traffic rather than beast traffic. And so that's likely what Jesus was referring to. Who knows? Who knows? But what I know is that we don't create or live in heaven because of what we have. We don't create or live in hell because of what we don't have. We create or live in each of those because of who we are. Because of who we are. And so we rejoice as beings of love. And this last Sunday of March, we're talking about just living generously. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir with a lot of you. I'm looking out and I'm seeing some people here who live generously, who live generously from day to day. But we all want to. And as Kay just sang about, how can we live with our hearts even more wide open than they are? How can we be ready to receive all the love there is for us? Because you can't give from an empty vessel. We know this, right? but we tend to close down at times. And then we still want to be giving kind people. But when we've closed down our ability to receive, then we don't have much to give. And so living generously is about giving freely, receiving freely and openly, and about simply letting go and being a conduit, just trusting that the nature of God is to give. And so if we're open to it, it's going to happen. We don't have to manipulate or scramble or come up with plans. We allow. When we know who we are, we allow that. And so we start living generously when we realize that everything, 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 every person, every day, Every weather pattern, everything, every idea, every roadblock is a gift. 
And when we start recognizing our gifts as gifts, we become more and more grateful. And as we meet the world with a grateful heart, there becomes more and more and more to be grateful for. And then we are living as that one, that to me, through me, as me. It's all the same thing. I cannot give to you without giving to myself. It doesn't work. I give myself the gift of generosity when I give to you. And when I receive from you, I'm giving you the gift of generosity. Does that make sense? It's a really happy way to live, y'all. And we live in a scary world that, where our culture tells us constantly, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. There is a limited amount. So you better get yours before the other people take it all up. And we see this played out in our world, and it's really ugly. It's really ugly. And so the best thing we can do to prevent war, to stop war, is to start understanding who we are and to walk around like that in the world in such a way that other people who see the generous way that we live are, are sparked into their own generosity. Because generosity is not just about giving things. We must be generous with our prayers. Did you ever say somebody, I'll pray for you, and then you go away and you completely forget? I hate that. What I've begun doing is when somebody asks me to pray for them, I do it right then. And I might do it later too, but I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. So I do it right then, generously. Generous with enthusiasm. Generous with praise. How many times do you go, oh, I don't want to praise him too much. I don't want him to get the big head. Yeah? Do you ever do that? Maybe a tiny little bit? I'll tell you who does not do that. Bill Cox. <laughs> I've told him many times that if I were to ever believe all of the sweet words that he says to me, I would have a great big head. <laughs> but what I believe is his generous spirit and his honesty in giving to me the praise that he feels in his heart from moment to moment. That is a generous heart. And I receive gratefully. I don't argue with him. And I say, well, that wasn't exactly my best. You know, come back next week. It might get a little better. I just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For he has given me the gift of seeing myself through his eyes in that moment. If any of you haven't been the, rece the receptor of Bill's praise, just spend a couple moments in front of him and you'll get it. <laughs> you will. You absolutely will. Money. We give him money. We, we must be generous with our money. And that means tithes. Bob pointed out to me that I talked about tithes last week, but I didn't talk about what they actually meant. Tithe means, the actual meaning of the word, 10%. So 10% is my base amount that I give back into the world. For me, I give to where I receive my spiritual nourishment. That is my tithe. And 10% is my minimum. And the only reason, and it's, it's, it's random, pick your own, that's fine. Um, but what I would say is it's enough to make you have to Trust God as your source yes. rather than trusting your job, your, the government, your paycheck, your good fortune. Trust God as your source. And 
From the day that I decided that I would always trust God as my source, not my job, not my employer, not the economy, trust God as my source, I have never experienced lack. That didn't mean I haven't gone without some things, but I didn't experience it as lack because I knew I was under the protection and love of God and therefore nothing Nothing that mattered, nothing that was important could ever be taken away from me and that there was more good coming in the next minute. If I don't see it right now, it's because it's on its way. It hasn't made it here yet. That's a way of living with our hearts wide open and it takes us out of fear. And fear is the thing that closes your heart shut. Such shuts you off from all kinds of good. Such shuts you off from giving or receiving praise can shut you off from praying. It can shut you off from relationships. It shuts you off from opportunities. So letting go of fear is the essence of living generously. The other way I'm generous with money, I'm not just talking about me, I'm just using myself as, as an example because this is what I've noticed in my life. It wasn't my plan. It's just what it started happening after I made the decision to tithe. 20, was well, how old am I? Uh, 28 years ago? 28 years ago. Um, I tip really, really well. I never tip less than 20% if anybody gives like really horrible service. And often I'll tip 25 or 50%. Sometimes somebody's just like really good and we're at a cheap restaurant, I'll tip them more than the check. Because I tell you what, those are the people who work the hardest, the ones that work in the cheap restaurants. Remember that. <laughs> don't, don't think so much about percentage. Think, oh my goodness, they're back there sweating. To people on the street, to people that come to my door and ask me. You know, and I say a little prayer every time I meet someone about let this be for my good and for theirs. And if I don't feel immediately that it's for my good and for theirs, I don't have to give. But when I do, I understand that it's a free gift given. I don't have to judge what they do with it afterward. And it's not on me if they go buy alcohol or drugs with it. It's not, it's not on me. I have given generously from my heart, and then they get to make a decision. But I say a prayer to go with them that they make a decision that is good for them, that is good for both of us. We are generous with our respect. That's what that reading was about earlier. Vivekananda was talking about, um, I'm not respecting you for what you do, I'm respecting you for who you are. And there are people in our lives who have not earned our respect. I'll just say, haven't really earned my respect, but I respect your humanity. I respect that you are a child of God every bit as much as I am. Every bit as much as Mother Teresa was. Every bit as much as the Pope. A child of God. And therefore, I can respect that, even if I don't respect your actions. And that changes. There is a certain generosity of spirit that happens in me when I understand that I don't have to respect actions, but I do have to respect humans. Honesty. Be generous with your honesty. And I don't mean the kind of honesty that cuts people in half. <sighs> that, oh, that's a very large zit on your face. Did you not know that was there? Or you've gained a lot of weight since the last time I saw you. Not that kind of honesty. 
but the kind of honesty that allows us to meet heart to heart. Because as soon as we put a lie in between us and someone else, we've created a roadblock that it may be very difficult to get around, even if it's a small lie. So we deserve each other's honesty. We can be generous with our time. You know, people constantly say, I know you're busy, I know you're busy, but you know what, if I answer the phone to talk to you, and I'm too busy to talk for a long time, I will tell you, I'm too busy to talk for a long time right now. Is it short or can I call you back? Because when I'm in front of the person who needs something from me, it is important to me to give them the time that they need. It may not be now, I may not always be able to do it now, but I can do it. And that's true of all of us. We may not have the time right this moment, but we have the time when we make the time. And so being generous with our time is very important. And I notice all the time how I am not generous with my time, how I will let my dogs out the back door, let them back in and feed them without even stopping to pet them and talk to them. And when I notice myself doing that, I'm like, dude, why do you even have these dogs? You know? Didn't you get them for our mutual enjoyment? You know, we, they were rescues, so yes, we got them so they would have a nice home to live in, but we also got them so that we, we could expand our hearts more. And so when I don't, when I choose not to expand my heart by giving a little bit of time, just a moment, then I make myself poorer, and possibly the dog a little poorer too. Attention. We can be generous with our attention. That's what I really mean by the dog. That's time and attention often go close together. Taking a moment to see what's actually happening, who's actually in front of you, what's actually going on. A little, a little attention goes a long way. And openness. Because if I walk into a situation like, mm, these people are probably not going to be open to me, so I'm going to stay closed until I find somebody that looks open, and then I'll start opening up. Well, guess what? We walk into a room like that, everyone sees us closed down and they're afraid to approach us. And so when we get brave, when we begin to live generously, we can walk into any room and go, you can like me or not, but I'm gonna let my spirit shine through. I'm gonna let myself be the love that I know that I am in this and every situation. Letting people in is an act of generosity. Have you ever had someone say, I'm sorry to burden you with this? When what you were thinking was, oh, I feel so honored that you trusted me enough to share this with me. Have you ever had that happen? It is an honor when someone opens up to us. And so it, we are honoring others as we open up to them as well. And yes, we do need to use some discernment. If you know that a person is someone who's likely to repeat everything you just said, that won't be the person that you pick to open up to. Doesn't mean you have to judge them or think of them as less than. You just pick a different confidant. And maybe you say a prayer. Generous with emotion. Do you ever try to hold in your emotions? Personally, I just don't see the point. <laughs> Especially my crying emotions. I just like, what makes me cry? I don't know what to tell you about that. If it makes me cry, it makes me cry. 
But when we hold back our emotions, that is a form of dishonesty. And I don't mean you're angry so you rage at everybody. But I mean you recognize where you are and you allow the people around you that you trust to know where you are emotionally. I'm a little fragile right now. So if I'm quiet, that's why. Just this little things, little clues that are, on, that are about honesty, about opening to deepening our relationships. Because when we're closed, we do not deepen. Hospitality. Come on in. Have a seat. I brought you some donuts. <laughs> Bob brought us some donuts. So make sure you go into the fellowship hall, which is now open, after the service, and get you some donuts and coffee. Hospitality, gifts of all kinds, material gifts. We give those, we receive those. One is not better than the other. They are both an exchange of love. That's living generously, giving encouragement. You can do it. I know who you are, I see who you are, and I know that no matter how much this hurts right now, you will come out of this stronger. Any kind of encouragement is a gift. And Lord knows each of us needs encouragement from other people. And so when we open to it, when we let ourselves even a tiny little bit believe that someone else says there is reason to be encouraged, we are beginning to open and live a little more generously. I have a friend named Debbie Dacus. And Every time we talk, we, we run in a lot of the same circles, so we know a lot of the same people, but we don't know them together. Like, I've never been with Debbie and me and this person. And sometimes she'll be talking about, oh, I just met your friend so-and-so and so-and-so. And everyone she ever talks about, she'll say, oh, my goodness, they just, they just couldn't be any nicer. They're just the nicest person. Oh, he's just the nicest person. Oh, she's the sweetest person. He's just the greatest person. And... I say to her, which is true, Debbie, you are the greatest person. And so whoever you are with, you bring that out in them. It's true. And so I have to look at myself and go, if I don't experience that person as that sweet, hmm, <laughs> is that about them or could that possibly be about me? Debbie have something to teach me in that situation, but it's lovely to watch because she does. People are ashamed to be mean in front of Debbie because she's so nice. She's so nice. Yeah. I want to be that person. Generous with the benefit of the doubt. We can be, when we're not living generously, we can be so quick to assume a less than noble motive on the part of another person. Well, I guess you just needed to get there before me. You must be a lot more important person, so come right in. I do that. I know. I do it. You do it too. You might do it in a different way. There might be some gestures involved. But I can choose to go, how important is it? Maybe they really do have to be there. Maybe someone's in the hospital. Maybe someone's suffering. Maybe somebody's about to have a baby. Maybe somebody's about to pee in their car. <laughs> and they need to get to the next exit. <laughs> I'll never forget when our four-year-old grandson was in the back seat and he said, Grandpa Bob, I need to go to the bathroom. 
And Bob said, okay, we'll stop in about 20 minutes. And tell a four-year-old, we're stopping in 20 minutes. <laughs> you can guess the ending of that story. So we can start to assume good intentions. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter whether their intentions were good or not. If we receive them as good, we are happier. And often if we receive them as good, we will actually change that situation. We have that power. We can't force anybody, but love has an amazing power to transform everything around it, to call to it everything like itself, and to not give any credence to everything unlike itself. That's what love does. So we can be willing, be open, be generous enough to assume good intentions on the part of other people, and maybe they will begin to have good intentions. But even if they don't, we won't have beat ourselves up with some, some intentions that we made up in our own heads in order to make ourselves feel bad about them. Who does that help? Doesn't help them, but it certainly doesn't help us either. It helps our ego. Our ego goes, yeah. And the more my ego gets to go, yeah, the smaller and less generous I am able to be. So who am I feeding? Who am I feeding when I'm hospitable? All of this does not mean that you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean that you don't know where your personal space ends and someone else's begins. It means that you take on what is yours and you very respectfully don't take on what is another's. I love what the Dalai Lama said about cutting short an interchange where someone is not being their best self. That by cutting it short, by saying, I'm not available for this anymore, blessings on you and out the door, not only saves you from hearing a negative diatribe, it saves them from speaking a negative diatribe, which is not good for their souls. Right? So boundaries aren't just about protecting us. They're about making a respectful place for everyone to exist. So please don't think that I'm saying living generously means you let people run all over you. It does not mean that. Because here's the other thing about living generously. You must be all generous in all these ways with yourself. Prayers for you. Enthusiasm for you. Good for you, respect, honesty, time, attention, hospitality, emotion, gifts, encouragement, watching your assumptions, giving yourself the benefit of the doubt. Who ever thought of doing that before? <laughs> giving yourself the benefit of the doubt. Because if you don't give it to yourself, you will soon run out of the ability to give it to someone else. Your well will run dry. But if we keep allowing, because when you give it to yourself, what you're doing is allowing God to give it to you. And when you give to someone else, you're allowing God to gift them through you. So our well is never empty if we're open and allowing. It's only empty when we close off. And when we don't give it to ourselves, when we don't allow God to give it to us by opening our minds and hearts to receive it, then we limit not only the good that we experience, but the good that we can give in the world. Lastly, I would say, be 
generous with your wonder and your awe. That will bring you to gratitude. Take a moment when the rainbow comes out to go, ah, it's a rainbow. Yeah, there's a rainbow. It was raining. Now the sun's out. There's a rainbow. Of course there is. Look at that. Take a minute. Breathe it. Think of the miracle of it. In the Hebrew Bible, it says that the rainbow is a proof, a promise from God that things will never get so bad that they can't be overcome. That he'll never get sick of the earth and just flood it. <laughs> he, she, it, whatever you want to call God. But it's a beautiful phenomenon. So wonder, awe, beauty. Be generous with yourself and others with beauty. Take it in. Remark upon it. Let yourself experience the joy of it. And then you will live generously. So lastly, I will say, who or what or where can you open up and say yes today and make your life richer? I invite you to ask yourself that question as we leave here today. Now we're